Listen to WGN Radio's newest podcast, Behind the Badge, Illinois, hosted by David Hochberg. Behind the Badge, Illinois, views current events through the eyes of Illinois law enforcement leaders. Tune in. Visit WGNRadio.com slash Behind the Badge. You cannot give up 97-yard touchdown How is it drive. possible that you could be on a six-yard And six then you miss a tackle. Right. You go in there like a punk. Not, Put your head what down. What time do you throw to someone? What time? OB got close to These guys the see football their own way. Dan Hampton. You need discipline. You need some toughness. Shame on you, Chicago Bears. And Ed Obradovich. I am so aggravated. No. This guy, I... I, I, I I can't. I, 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 I flabbergasted is the word, Ob. It's the Hamp and Ob Show, brought to you by ChevyDriveChicago.com and Dan Hampton's truck, the Chevy Silverado. Drive what Hamp drives, Chevy. That is right, Hamp and Ob on a special pregame season opening season premiere <clears throat> Thursday afternoon. My name is Mark Harmon. Kaz will be along at 5, Adam Hogue at 6.30, and the Bears are going to go. OB, you just told me they're going to go 6-0 and to start the season. Well, I'll tell you, it's a, a, they very well could. They very, very well could. Uh, there's been some positive things during the offseason, and uh, Nagy said he's going to make work with Trubisky on understanding defenses, how to recognize them this whole offseason. Hopefully his accuracy gets better, but the key – and the reason why I said that is the first six games the Bears play starting this Sunday, they play at the Lions. They play the Lions, the Giants, the Falcons, the Colts, the Buccaneers, and the Panthers in the first six weeks. And not one of those teams made the playoffs last year. So I think it's a, that alone should give these guys some footing underneath them and some reality that, hey, whether they're playing at home or away, they can get it. They can get the first six games. Hampo, how's your optimism meter as we yeah, sit That's pretty here? good. Yeah, you know, hey, I, and I was going to say in the open, OB sounded like uh, Biden for a second. Uh, <laughs> and only only this offense that we had to watch last year could put that kind of a spell on you. I, I like you, OB. We, we've got to have, you know, uh, a, a certain level of optimism. Hey, come on. We we start against the Detroit Lions, and I defy anyone to name one player on their defense. Name somebody. Slate was the only guy we ever talked about, and he's gone now. And, and I'm just saying, if if this is not a prescription for an ailment, uh, the 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 31st ranked Detroit Lion defense, then there is a lot of trouble in River City. But yeah, everybody's happy, and yeah, we're we're, we're all waiting with bated breath to see uh, how we do. Well, here, here, the last two years, guys, we, when we went two years ago, we went 12 and four. And then, obviously, last year, we went 8-8. Eight and eight. Now, there are reasons why this happened. We went 12-4. and four. Why? We had the 32nd easiest schedule in the National Football League. Let me remind everybody, there's only 32 teams. We had the easiest schedule. We went 12-4. and four. Philadelphia came in. It was our first playoff game at home in eight years. And we let Philadelphia come in here and take us out. Last season... We go eight and eight. 
we had the 12th easiest schedule. Thank God we had our defense so we could at least win eight games. Now that's the downside, which just also happens to be reality. But reality going into this season, I'm up upbeat a little bit, again, because of the first six teams we're playing. So I hope these kids can realize it, take it, understand it, and go after people. And by the way, by the way, if Nagy gets into that red zone and he does not attempt, not attempt to score a touchdown and throw those two-foot outs and that slipper bubble screen, I'm going to jump out of this building. This guy, I, I don't know what he thinks about. you got to put points on the board. The rules give you your offense everything for you to put points on the board, and we don't do it. We play scared-to-death offense. That has to change this year. My God, Nagy, let them go. Let those kids play football and put some points on the board. Again, you got the first six games. Not one of them were in the playoffs last year, and you can win them. Well, one of the reasons why your motto of we're watching scared-to-death offense is they were unprepared. And now, isn't it magical that in this 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 ramp-up to the beginning of the season, Mark Carmen, that – Ryan Pace and, and Matt Nagy came out and said, wow, we really kind of messed up not playing in the preseason. Wow, we really messed up not preparing properly. You think? You think? Well, who was right? Who was wrong? What do you got? I think that uh, you, Dan Hampton, and you, Ed Obradovich, were way out in front of that one. I was looking forward, by the way. We put the cheese on the cracker. <laughs> the night that they went out and couldn't score a touchdown against the, the, the Packers? Give me a break. Let me just jump in there real quick. 30 just, seconds. I want to make a, a quick statement here. Big afternoon show. Oh, we got to oh, get to traffic. Go okay. ahead. What you're doing, you're talking about Nagy. And he's talking about practice. And he said... You don't. You really don't have great practices. He says there's kind of like no such thing. Why? He says, quote, it's not always the same tempo, speed, defensive look as the Bears will get in the real game. And remember the four or five exhibition games when he came every year? He wouldn't play the starters. He was going to do it this year. It was going to be beautiful. You were going to see them all out there for four games. It was going to be amazing. But, but it, Yeah, four quarters for four games. Right. The fact these are my words. They were these were his words. I, I hope the hell that philosophy has changed. I got it. Four fifteen. Let's get a check of the roads. We're here till seven. Phone calls are welcome. Three one two nine eight one seventy two hundred. The Bears are going to win the Super Bowl. Ain't that right, Mary Vanderbilt? Let's get a check on the road. I can feel the focus, you know, really start to really start to hone in and really start to zero in, you know, on on, you know, the the scheme that we're running, you know, things that I'm looking at pre-snap, you know, even even how I'm seeing the ball and everything like that. You know, as athletes, you know, we have the ability, uh, I feel uh, most guys do, to be able to really, like, um, you know, lock in. Bears wide receiver, Allen Robinson. Hey, Rob. says Mitch is locked in. He's locked in, Hampo. 1,140. Seven receiving yards for A Rob last year. Yes, Ob. Right. How are you? What I, wait, 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 wait. By the way, Ob, before you go on your diatribe, <laughs> excuse me. Matt Nagy, the mastermind, now after three years has figured out there's a difference in practicing and game tempo. Three years, he's you got just, it. He figured it out. Words. I just said, "Why you you stole my words?" No, I'm just saying. He's a, he, he's a, he Nagy's locked in. He's figured out practice is different than a game. <laughs> yeah, yes, it is. And I just 
we, you know, mentioning about that two, those two foot outs to the tight end or the wide out and that slip or bubble screen, that, that's got to stop. And I said, mention, my God, Nagy, let those kids go. Let them move ball down the field and attack. And there's, there's one really strong reason why. Last year in the National Football League, yards per attempt, we were 6.1. We were the worst team in the National Football League. And why? Stop with the two-foot outs and the slipping bubble screen. Go deep. Fly patterns, post patterns, crossing ends. My God, play big-time football. Well, I don't know well, how much. What is it? Six point one is the uh, yards per, per attempt. attempt. Yep, yep. Worst in the league. Worst in the league. Well, now you're being negative, Ob. No, I'm just stating a fact. But and they figured I don't out wa- practice is Danny, different from I, a game. Dan, I don't want to see. <laughs> well, you got a whiteout that you're paying twelve million to, and you got a quarterback that's making twelve twenty million, and you're going to throw a two foot out when it's third and seven. Give me a break. Did you see during training camp here, OB, that there was rhetoric coming out of Hallis Hall that the coaches were a little upset that neither Nick Foles nor Mitch Trubisky were going down the field, that they were trying to not throw interceptions because they wanted to impress the coaches? Because if you did see that, I think you would have had a OB-style reaction. Well, it's yuck. Okay. Just yuck. Did you, would you see that, Hamp, back in the day, like guys trying to impress in training camp and not really trying to push the offense to see what's possible? You know, everybody has a certain you know envelope of comfort. They want to do what they think they can do and get away with and not make the mistake. The mistake in the NFL is throwing the interception. It, I mean, look at the great ones. And what 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 is the common denominator? Well, sure they they, they got a lot of yards, blah, blah, but they don't make those mistakes. Well, obviously Foles and Trubisky were saying the last thing we're going to do is force the ball down the field and make a mistake and and put ourselves behind the eight ball and you know maybe the other guy starts. So that being said, nobody was daring, nobody was creative, nobody was trying to you know stick you know stick the ball where it needs to be against. NFL defenses. And yeah, last time I checked, those were practices. Those those weren't preseason games. So if they were scared to do it in practice, oh boy, here we go. Well, I, I hope that's not the fact. And and I, I just really I, it you know when the stuff I've been telling you folks are actual facts. And the words are from those are Nagy's words that I've been talking about here. Okay? And my God, you've only got sixteen games. And you've got people, your players are making tons and tons and millions of dollars. A lot of it guaranteed. You got coaches. You got a head coach that makes what? Seven, eight, 10, 15, 20, 30 million dollars. You got offensive coordinator and defensive coordinators making two, three, four, five, six million dollars. Position coaches, several hundred thousand dollars. And, and, and I'm a little bit tired of seeing this offense go out there from year to year from week to week in a 16-game schedule and not attacking downfield. It, it just doesn't make sense. All you have to do is look at all the top quarterbacks in the league, from Mahomes to Rodgers to Brady to all of them. You see them throwing when it's third and seven? Do you see them throwing a two-foot out, hoping and praying to God that whoever catches the ball can break a tackle and at least get seven and a half yards? That's what's been happening, folks. you got to stop playing is scared to death this controlled type of offense that's not how it works the rules 
tell you they give you every break in the game offensively. Take advantage of it. You've got the first six games this year you can win. My God, do it. All Just right. do it. Okay. Hey, hey, why don't we go to some callers here, Carb? 312-981-7200. Mark and Creed, you're the first caller to Hampton OB in 2020. Congratulations. Welcome to WGN. Go ahead. Hi, sirs. Uh, we have a great football team down here called Creed Moni. Um just I, I I think the Bears are going in the right direction with the Irish, you know, the Notre Dame, you know, Notre, Notre Dame. I, I always wanted Treadwell for the Bears, you know, right? And uh, Niles Morgan, maybe pick him up. Or, and he's an XFL team. But um, We got Cole Komet for you, five. Mark. How's that? Is, is I, that we got a tight end. 11-5. All right, 11-5. All, right. All right, and we got a tight end from Notre Dame. So there you go. Shine up the dome. There we go. And apparently Cole Komet is the smartest tight end in the history of the NFL. I mean, the words coming out on Cole Komet, they are very, very optimistic on what he's going to do and his concept of the offense and local product, Arlington Heights. We love all this out of Cole Komet. I hope he does incredibly well. But Kid's they, got great hands. He's smart. He's got he's got the ability to get separation and boy when you get in that red zone let's say it's like it's third and and you're on the eight yard line don't try to do again one of these silly little things and just move it up a foot or two so you kick a field goal put Komet in the end zone and throw the damn football 15, 16 feet in the air and see if you can catch it and Jimmy what Gr- the hell why not Jimmy Graham's there too they should be at very. They will be better at the tight end position. It's a huge upgrade at a lot of places. We'll get to it all night, but let's get to another call. Joshua in Joliet, welcome to 720 WGN. Hamp and OB, go ahead. Um, OB, just questions for you. What did you think about the coaching changes that were made in the offseason? And um, what do you think George McCaskey will do, let's say, like if we do finish with a bad record and we don't? make the postseason again good, this year good questions joshua well, thanks for the I, I call tell you, uh, josh i can tell you this if you don't make the playoffs this year uh i i'm i'm pretty sure you can say bye to this whole crew because this is nothing now this will be pace's sixth year and and what's interesting about that since he's been here as general manager he's at bears have had 34 victories and 46 defeats and some of his things that moves that he's made have panned out and some have not. But I'm going to tell you something. Bear fans are not going to put up with it. They're just, they're just not. And, and, and I think we, we helped ourselves defensively with Quinn coming in. I believe. Robert yeah, Quinn, sure. Rob, yeah, Rob, yeah Quinn, in, coming in from Dallas. So he could give Akeem Hicks a little bit more, little more let's say, uh, maneuverability in rushing a passer. Uh, yeah, some of the offensive changes, obviously, is John D. Filippo is, uh, is I think, a really good move. Uh, uh, Bill Lazor. Lazor uh, was OC. with Nick Foles. Uh, How about the offensive line coach, line coach, Juan Castillo? Uh, Juan Castillo is, uh, he's good. Uh, he was out of the league for a year, and which is puzzling. You know, good offensive line coaches are like Hensteed, man. You can't, you can never find him. But you know, Harry last year it was unable to translate 
into productive offensive line play. And a lot of it had to do with the vertical step and then like a zone block. And that's great when you've got a bunch of 6'5", 330-pound offensive linemen. We didn't have those guys. You know, uh, our guys are 270, 280, and they're more position. And, you know, they don't need to be trying to get into a zone read kind of uh, a, a takeoff and because they're just not big enough to be road graders. So uh, the offensive line should be better. But two um, two years ago, uh, Mr. Obradovich talked about the fact that we lost to the Philadelphia Eagles. Well, these offensive court coaches were with the Eagles, with Nick Foles, when they came in here. So, you know, as if you close the circle – if they were smart enough to be able to uh, go on a 16-play, 65-yard uh, drive in the fourth quarter to beat the Bears, they know a lot more of what they're doing than what we've seen the last couple of years out of this offense. Well, the one thing, you know, I, I'm always big on the passing game, passing game, go downfield. But I'll tell you, an interesting stat is uh, when Jordan Howard was here, compared to br- drafting Montgomery, and last year we – with 480 yards less than we did with Jordan Howard. And and I, as big as the passing game is, you got to have a running game. You got to make when it's third down and one, third down and two, you got to make that. You got to move the ball, you got to convert on third down. And we went backwards. We went backwards almost 500 yards in our running game. I don't know if a lot of people knew that, but I'll tell you what Jordan Howard, where are you? <laughs> well, they're going to give your guy Coral Patterson a shot here, OB. You wanted that last year. We'll get to that coming up after the 4.30 news, which is right now on 720 WGN. I was out there, you know, all those days with him where he was putting in the work, you know, um, constantly, you know, um, even if it wasn't, you know, uh, some days where it may just be a couple of us out there, you know. So, I mean, to to see him start, you know, is not surprising at all. You know, when you put in the work, you get the results, you know, and I saw a lot of the work that he put in, you know, from, from February, March, and even probably some before that. It's your number one receiver, Allen Robinson, saying that he's seeing Mitch put in work. Hamp and OB on 720 WGN. Thank you to our friends, by the way, at Bartolini's. We have a $50 gift card to Bartolini's Restaurant and Catering, family-owned and operated, serving the best Italian cuisine in Chicagoland, plus their world-famous meatballs. Hampo, how were the meatballs? Yeah, it was delicious, and a $50 gift certificate to Bartolini's is like a $500 gift certificate to these other dumps. I'm just telling you, this place, it, it, uh, you talk about you know all-pro. I got here in time to scoop up some meatballs, salad, chicken. It was awesome, and... All right, let's um, – Do we have any other restaurants advertising? <laughs> that was no, I'm just saying 50 bucks there is like gold. It's awesome. Yeah, and for the record, Hamp, you've had a busy day. You walked in at like 3.55 and was like, well, what are we on? I said, well, we're going on at 4. Like, okay, i got five minutes to get my Bartolini's in. And then and it was a beeline right to Bartolini's, and, that, and now you're off and rolling. And part of the reason was I was filming a, uh, a little golf tournament for the, uh, the first responders <clears> – <throat> It was um, uh, uh, sponsored by our friends at WeatherTech. But nonetheless, I saw a good friend of mine who I used to work with him and his company, and he's in charge of putting together the plan to allow fans to safely get back into Soldier Field. And he said he submitted a plan to the NFL, and they said, fine, it's all good, except one person, your mayor. Your mayor, Mr. Obradovich, said, no, we're not going to do it. So there you go. We just heard it well, in the update. 
I'm actually curious. 312-981-7200. If you were allowed in Soldier Field, would you go? 312-981-7200. Oh, are you kidding me? Oh, I know they well. In this city? I think Chicago what, Bears, please. What happens? Okay. Would you go, Obi? Huh? You would go? If you were doing in, Would I go? Yeah. No, I'm working. <laughs> I go in a heartbeat. Was, that, yeah. Yeah. All right, uh, before we get back to the callers, let me just say this real quick. Yeah. I, uh, my dear friend and esteemed mentor, Mr. Obradovich, won a bet from me. Pretty pretty good bet. We're not going to name the uh, the dollar figure. But I thought the Bears would recognize one thing, that there's two different quarterbacks on this team. One, they have invested so much draft capital. And by the way, you know who's going to be hiding under a desk tonight at 722 OB up at Hallis Hall? Ryan Pace. You know why? The NFL kicks off the season with the two quarterbacks that we didn't want when we moved up to uh, select Mitchell Trubisky. But we'll get into that a little bit later. Bottom line is, I thought Nick Foles would win the job because he is a different mindset. Mitchell Trubisky is always thinking check down, check down, check down. Once in a blue moon, he, he, he can come out of the tunnel and see somebody down the field and make a big play. Whereas Nick Foles is always thinking downfield, downfield before check down. It's two different ways to go up and down a street. Unfortunately, we're going to find out somewhere down the road here in the next few weeks which one is going to pay off. Why do you think they went with Trubisky? Well, remember last year at the last game, you asked the question of Dan and I, who's going to start next year? Who did I? What did I tell you? I said Trubisky, and you guys bust out laughing. And the reason why, because of this COVID-19, there's no exhibition game, limited practices, and I don't care how Folds comes in or what, what he could do, you could not take away Trubisky. He's been a starter the last three years, and, and you just can't push him aside and go for the opener with Folds. And I, I, don't think, I don't think the teammates would like it or respect it, and I don't think the coaching staff would. I think they had to start Trubisky for those reasons that I said. No exhibition games, etc. He's the incumbent. Start him. Things go south, that's a different story. But that's why I won the bet from you. <laughs> Not that I would rub it in, Dan. No, because a lot of people can't think outside the box and say, hey, this is the way we're going, and if you can't get with us, we'll find somebody else that can. All right, let's get to the call. 312-981-7200. Eric and Bucktown, you want to talk about Trubisky. Go ahead, Eric. Welcome to WGN. Hey, guys. Love the show. Long time, first time. Uh, so the Thank question you. for you guys, you guys were kind of alluding to it, um, but Obi and Hamp, if you guys were in charge instead of that too scared to run the football naggy, at what point of the season, at the what record, are you pulling the plug on Trubisky and bringing in some leadership and winning experience in Nick Foles? I'll hang up and listen. I'll defer to the man that won the money on this guy. <laughs> if, if he starts out. Eric, if he starts out and gets a pick six somewhere in the first 30 minutes of football and he starts doing what he has done the last few years, I believe at halftime they will make a decision. I believe they will give him a full first and second quarter to try to make adjustments. They might even make adjustments at halftime and come out in the third quarter. But if he stinks it up, 
He's going to be gone, and Foles will come in. That's my guess, and I think that's how they're going to do it. And if he gets benched in the first game somewhere, I get half my money back. All right, by the way, Trubisky against, <laughs> like hell you against that putrid Lion defense was pretty good over here in Chicago when they beat him for the fourth straight time. Remember, Daniels won the game over there, and then we uh, we won here. 29-38, of 38, three TDs, one pick. He actually had one of his top three games of the year. So you think it's because they're playing Detroit? That has a lot to do with it, sure. Okay. Yeah. Okay. You know, and everything. You know, there's there's horses for courses, and if they had somebody like, uh, uh, you know, Cam Newton. Well, the Philadelphia or some defense that they were really worried about. I don't know if Trubisky would be starting. Well, hold on here. If they win and hope they do come this Sunday, then we have the next game. The following week is the Giants at home. We could be two and zero, and they could start really feeling good about themselves. And you never know what could come of it because the next four games again are winnable games. So if they can go two and zero, that would be great. Well, riddle me this, Batman. If we're so great and Detroit so bad, why are they a three point favorite? <laughs> The reason why they're, uh, I'm going to give you an answer. The reason why they're a three-point favorite is because they're a three-point favorite. That's why they're a three-point favorite. One of the great reasons I've down. ever heard. I got to write that down. Because they're a three-point favorite. The, the reason why is be, that's exactly correct. Promo next week, please, Ernie. Thank you. Right there. I thought that was on the money. Ob four forty-five. Let's get a check <laughs> of the roads. Traffic here is Mary. Vuk's just amazingly talented at everything he does. Nagy would have him writing policies on the sidelines. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Don and Glenview, if, if they open up Soldier Field, you going? Yeah, I'm going because I'm a diehard Packer fan. I would do, go there. And also, the home, the first home game in Lambeau, we're having fans in our stands. I was disappointed what Hampton just said because of the mayor. I think the fans should be allowed to sit in and watch the Bears, whatever whoever they play. Yeah, I would definitely go. All right, Don, you enjoy it up in Lambeau when we come up there and kick your yeah, – okay, we'll see what happens up in Lambeau. Three, one, that's not the call we're looking for. 3 one 2 9 8 one Packers were 13-3? And you know what? Hey, we were you know big favorites here the opening game of the season. How – vastly different did the seasons play out well let me since you brought up green bay they were 13 no he did oh he did my bad my bad since since our caller brought up three they were 13 and three last year aaron Rodgers is in the twilight you go out and you draft but he's not but he's still productive you go out and you draft a quarterback in the first round when you're in theory one player or a couple players away from winning the whole thing if i was aaron Rodgers, i would have lost my mind it's yep. but they they did the same thing 20 years earlier when they had brett Favre, a hall of famer and they put boy wonder on the roster and the clock started and here we go with the uh the hot breath on the back so um but you know, was, they, they it, thought hey we're gonna do it again and hey maybe maybe it works out maybe their arrogance will blow up in in their face but you're right they they need a, a receiver a corner and a couple other guys and they could have made a run three one two nine eight one seventy two hundred who you got one in the division here ob well i'll tell you what uh well, here it comes uh, well uh you know minnesota's well here minnesota's going to be tough there's no question about it green bay they're always there watch out for detroit watch i think out so for too. detroit I know they've been horrible. They've only been winning two, three, four games the last, what, seven, eight, ten years, whatever whatever it's been. But watch Petrika. He might bring them alive. I'd be a little weary of them. And the Bears are the big question. I don't know. Why don't we know? The reason why we don't know, because we don't know what we have at quarterback. 
We don't know if Mitch Trubisky is going to read defenses, be an accurate passer, or is he going to fail? And then his fold's going to come in and lead us to the promised land. With the Bears, too many ifs. The other teams have a little, especially the Vikings and, and Packers, have a little bit more power. Matt Stafford last year missed eight games. The Lions lost more one-score games than anybody in football, so I think, outside of the Cowboys. Detroit was competitive. Uh, so I said, what's out for Detroit? Tony in Wonder Lake, 312-981-7200. Welcome to Hampton OB on 720 WGN. Go ahead. Hi, guys. Thanks for taking my call. You know, OB, this is directed towards you because you brought up the scenario that's going to play out over and over again as long as they keep this clown underneath center. They're going to have a third and seven. They're going to throw a two-yard out, and it's going to be fourth and five, and they're going to punt the ball. I hope Nobody you're wrong, Tony. Any kind of balls. No, no I'm, I, am, am I lying, though? No, you're Nobody right. Nobody has any balls. You go out and you invest the kind of money you did in Nick Foles and you don't name this guy the opening day starter, I lost all respect for Nagy. He's got no balls. He's obviously a puppet just like every other coach that we've ever brought in here. If they had any stones, they would have told Trubisky, I'm sorry, kid, but you don't have it. We went out and got Nick Foles for a reason. Play the guy. All right, Because Tony. we're going to have the same trouble. Well, right. to- and so here's, the, here's the counter my point about you thinking that you have reinvented the wheel by saying Trubisky's going to start. Why would they go out and give a fourth-round pick and pay $20 million to Nick Foles to come in here and back up the worst-rated uh, quarterback in the NFL? Why? Why would you do that? So my my point is, well, Dan- wait, 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 I'm not finished. The blind leading, leading the blind. Remember, Pace has got like – some kind of um, you know myopic uh, blindness or whatever when it comes to quarterback. <laughs> Remember, he's the guy that that went out and signed Mike Glennon. Remember that twenty two million dollar bust. Remember, he also moved up to get Trubisky when Mahomes and Deshaun Watson, who will start for their respective teams tonight at seven twenty. Uh, he also went out and got Nick Foles. Getting, he gave up what I told you a fourth round pick and, and paid him twenty million. Just to start Trubisky, what is going on? This is this is insanity. Well, uh, Dan, uh, Tony, here's here's the thing that that I don't particularly understand. Basically, folds. He's won a Super Bowl. He, he's done some good things, but he basically is looked at in the league as kind of like a, a backup, a, a, a real good backup, but not the guy to take you sixteen games to the promised land. Now. My point is this. We talk about pace. You know, I told you what his record was, 34 wins and 46 losses. We bring Foles in, sign him This for one year here, $21 million. All $21 million is guaranteed. I mean, we need a general manager, some kind of a so-called genius, that he could, like he really worked that deal really well, didn't he, Dan? Sign them to a backup to twenty one million and guarantee it. I'd have kicked his backside out the door so fast he'd still be flying. It is interesting when you look at. I mean, would you rather have Cam Newton than Nick Foles? Cam Newton signed for one year, one point seven five. How's that going to look in New England this year? A lot of people think the Patriots are going to yeah, win that it's division. Prove it, contract. Here, here's the other part about that. You know. Cam's got a lot of baggage. He had, you know, three injuries that required surgery. We don't know what's foot, up. Foot, shoulder, yep. But all I know is this. A lot of times, you know, when somebody slaps you, you remember it. 
two years, five years. Well, Nick Foles came in there and slapped us. And you know what? That made an impression on Ryan Pace, and, and that's why I think he went out and – you know, to his own detriment, he signs Foles and then brings him in, and then they put him in some kind of little rinky-dink quarterback derby where they named Trubisky the winner. It doesn't make a lot of sense to me. I think we got to get to Geophilo, which might be the greatest name in the history of the show. What's up, Geophilo? Welcome to WGN Hampton OB. Go ahead. Hello, you gentlemen. Two great bear legends. I just think uh, they're going to start uh, missing Trubisky's, and he's going to do his thing, but later on during the season, uh, Nick Foles is going to take over because he's got um, Super Bowl experience. He knows what he's doing, and it's just a matter of time. And I always listen to your show. I love your show, and you guys are doing a great job. And my prediction for the Bears, uh, gentlemen, is uh, I think they'll be 13-3. They're going to be real good this year. Okay, Gio Filo. I love that. 13-3. and three. Why not? Well, one, one thing, Gio, we're, we're, uh, you know, the, what he's saying is, has some uh, truth to it. The fact is, again, going back. Which part? At the first six games. Okay. The first six games. Okay. Listen, think you can and you will, my friend. And if they can come back after that second game here against the, the Giants and we're 2-0 and and they start feeling good about themselves, watch out. The next four games you could have. I think everybody needs to take a deep breath and take that moment in from Obi. If you think you can, you will. Just put that into your life for a minute. That is that's that's beautiful right there, Obi. I'm serious. Do you think you can? You will. You got to. You got to. You got to believe. Channel Eleven here. Come on, let's be real. Hey, <laughs> well, it's, but I know what you're saying, Obi. Hey, it's just like, I like it, Obi. Confidence matters. And confidence is 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 a byproduct of doing the right thing, time and time and time again. That's why guys hit practice balls. Okay, but, but but wait a minute. Oh. That, that nobody was throwing the ball down the field today. So you know, in, uh, the last month in practice, nobody's been trying to get the ball down the field. Everybody's throwing checkdowns. So what kind of confidence are they going to have? Okay. Well, uh, I'm well, just saying. Uh, well, Dan, we'll find out. Dan, the, the schedule is set up to build their confidence up. That's what I believe. You're right. And, and the lucky. only way that they can do it, they've got to stop playing football the way they're playing under Nagy and Pace. My God, go after it. And, and, and when, you, when the players, it's only 16 games. And the first six, if I'm a player and I'm looking at that, we play at Detroit, beautiful. Then we come home, we got the Giants. You've got something that you can grasp a hold of and make it work and bring the damn championship back to this town. Enough is enough. All I know is the Bears have finished worse than 506 out of the last seven years. They've been second fewest yards per play in the NFL last year. They scored 30 points only twice. What else you want to know about well, getting positive? Well, let me tell you what. Isn't that what I – what the hell have I been saying? They gotta, they gotta dump this game plan that they've had the last several years, and you gotta go downfield. Cause coming up after five news next seven twenty WGN. Five ten seven twenty WGN Hampton OB with you till seven o'clock tonight. Yes, we're not normally on at this time, so good to be with you today for our season opening special as we get ready for the Bears and the Lions on Sunday. We're going to be on mostly Tuesday nights during the season, by the way, uh, but next week we'll be on again on Thursday afternoon. Kaz, welcome to your show, my friend. Good to hear you, buddy. You guys also, it's great to always hear Ed and Dan. That means we all survived the crazy 2020 year that we've all gone through. So, And, you know, more importantly, 
I hope people understand how much we we truly love the Bears and are passionate about them because we all left body parts out on the field for that organization. So that, great to be with you guys. That that is that is the truth, right? Hey, Cos, it's always a pleasure to have you with us. Now, listen. Ed and I got off the first hour without a lot of uh, you know scrapes and bruises. It was mostly peaceful. <laughs> and, <laughs> good, good. So, but uh, yeah, you know, we got to have your uh, your opinion on the starting of Mitchell Trubisky, which I lost some money on. Glenn, first, welcome back, my friend. Thank you, Ed, and it's great to hear you because again, we all appreciate every day. I mean, you know, honestly, as we get older, and not that we're all old, but we keep getting older, it's it's important to just talk to each other. So, yes, yeah, so to the important question, Dan, uh, you know what? Nick Foles is a guy that has created a new position in the NFL. He is the Mario Rivera of the Yankees. He's the closer. He's a guy. He's not a starter. He's not a backup. But he's a guy, if you can get close, and you're close to the playoffs, this is when you insert him, and he's going to win you. He's going to guarantee you at least an NFC championship game, as he's proven time and time again. I'm not sure he's a starter. I'm not sure he's a guy that could go 16 games and then go into the playoffs. But he's a guy that I want. When I look at the schedule, it, it looks pretty reasonable for the Bears early on. So, you know, you could get to week 10 and you're in the hunt. That's the time that you look at a Nick Foles. Now, is that crazy, Dan? Of course it is, because I think he is a great player. But I just think that it, uh, what he real, his real value is, he's a guy that just knows how to win. And he has shown, and he's proven that when he's put in that position, especially later in the season, he's going to close the deal. Well, the most starts he's ever had in the in a season was 2013, his second year in the league with 13. His last three years combined, including 2017 when the Eagles won the whole thing, he's had a total of 16 starts. So one season in his last three. Now, I think everything you're saying makes sense, Kaz, but he's also competing against Mitchell Trubisky, which is the other part right. of this. Well, but we also, look, let, let's be honest. You have a general manager that um, passed on the, again, but, you know, I... Uh, What's crazy is tonight we're going to set, see the two quarterbacks we could have gotten if our uh, genius GM would have just went chalk and not, uh, you know, went out on a limb. So, uh, I'm, you know, it's, it, it is what it is. Your GM is not going to let Mitchell Trubisky not start. But it also matters because we live in a different world. The NFL is different now. They didn't have preseason games. You know what I feel bad about, guys, are all the uh, senior uh, football players that really didn't get an opportunity because they didn't really get a real training camp or preseason games to prove who they are. So you have a whole group that have lost out on the opportunity. So the NFL is different. It just is. And we're all, you know, we all have to adapt. We all have to adjust. So, yeah, um, you know, Mitch is going to start because he was the guy that our GM picked, and this was his signature pick. So he's going to start. But he did do a good job, Dan, in bringing in the guy that is a better quarterback. Let's don't kid ourselves. This guy is a better quarterback. I just don't know that he can last. You know, he hasn't proven that he can last 18 games. Let's talk about 19 or 20. You know, actually, I guess it's, what is it, uh, 19 games if you go to the um well now we got uh, if you if you go through uh, whatever that is right the uh it, the uh, 
the, the playoffs. Let's well, the let's playoffs, let, there we go. I mean, you know, there we go. If you're if you're not if you're wild card. Yeah. So it, it's it, we're talking about 18 games, 19 games total. Kazi, hang on one second here. Let's get a check of the roads. At 5:15. Here's Mary. With Trubisky being a starter, um, you know we're, we we've been getting better this camp. Uh, I've been seeing changes in him um, that I've never seen before, uh, and I'm just eager to get to the season. Um, we're ready to face the line. Everybody's on board. That's Anthony Miller. I got a uh, throwing bouquets. I got I got a trivia question for the three of you. Hampton will be on seven twenty WGN till seven today. Over the last twenty five years, how many times in those twenty five seasons have the Bears used at least two quarterbacks? Last twenty five years, quarter century. How many times have they used at least two quarterbacks? Twenty five. Me, yeah, twenty-five. Okay, that's your guess. What you got? What do you got? I say twenty-five. Kaz, what do you got? I I said twenty-five too. I'm almost said, I mean, it, it's almost automatic. It, it's twenty in twenty-two out of the twenty-five. So only three times. Point being that we're going to see both quarterbacks this year. But odds are, yeah. And, and, strong and point by me. Thing, I you know, to to finish my point with Nick Foles, Dan, you you weren't wrong on making the bet. The problem was is as we all know. Our GM still needs to look good. So he's going to start with uh, Mitch, and we'll see where it goes. And he probably looked at the schedule like the rest of us did and said, okay, you know, if we could come out four and two and maybe get to week 10 and be, uh, you know, eight and two or seven and three, then all of a sudden now it becomes Nick Foles' time. And then that's the time that he takes over and really does well. The concern is, though, you know, early on, you have a team that. Because you haven't been able to play preseason games, you haven't been able to do the things that you need to do. You got to go with the guy that was the starter. I mean, there's it's almost a no brainer because of the fact that you just haven't been able to play live practice or live games and you know real speed, and so you don't know what you have. So you go with the guy that knows the uh, offense a little better. Let me give you one more stat just to see what you guys think on this part. The Bears last year, 27th in rushing yards per game, 91. 29th in yards per rush, even worse, 3.69. 20th in rushing attempts, so they didn't exactly run the ball a ton, they were, but they were you know, not at the very bottom, okay? I don't see the running game getting a whole lot better this year. Do you guys? Is Cordero Patterson going to be the answer here? Well, okay, you know, the augmentation of, of Tariq Cohen and, and Cordell may be, may be somewhat effective, but if, if you're looking at a, you know, conventional running game, trapping and, and, and veer and, 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 you know, the counter and all those things, I don't think either one of those guys is your answer. You know, obviously, I don't know what's, what, when is Montgomery going to be back? They think he's going to play on Sunday, but who know? But then you're pushing a guy with a groin to play well, early. Yeah, yeah, cause and you know the groin. I pulled one one year and I it never got, it never it never went away. It, it never, yeah. It's it's a tough one to come back on. Yeah, you could come back and play, but you're never going to be probably the same unless you sit him out for a while and let it heal. But. You know, you only have 16 games to play. That's it. So, you know, it's been so long since the Bears went to the playoffs that I forgot what the name of it was called, right? That's how long it's been. But, no, I, you know, it, it's um, – they're going with three wide receivers. The real key to the offense is yards after catch. And how do you get yards after catch, guys? You either pick a receiver clean or the receiver separates. Well – 
you know, we have, I think our receivers are better this year, um, but you still have to separate. So it's the plays that you call. How do you call them? How do you, how do you pick off? You know, Detroit's going to play a lot of man-to-man. Well, that should be perfect for Mitch because it's an easy read. And so you just run a lot of pick plays, get the open receiver, hit them, and yards after catch is what wins ball games for you. I have a simple answer to all this. If they play Mitch Trubisky like they've had since day one, they've had him here, in other words, a pocket passer, and the two things that he can't do, he's not an accurate passer, and he has difficulty recognizing and adjusting and reading defenses. Okay? Yep. So I think what has to happen in Detroit, they better start moving the pocket and bootlegging that kid and then sprint out and move him if they're going to get this ball down the field, if they're going to win. If they sit with him back there, with those two things that are strongly against and that prove that he is not an accurate passer. And even Nagy said at the end of, after the last game, what is he going to do in the offseason? Nagy said, I'm going to work with Mitch Trubisky on learning and understanding how to read defenses. Does any, you remember him making that statement? And he yeah, did and- make that statement. So well, the problem is, though, I don't think you can teach that. Ed. I mean, I mean, you can to a certain level, but I think there's an instinct that is involved with that. Well, and the yeah. great ones have it. So here's the thing, though: we are talking about Detroit. They are primarily a man-to-man team. So he's had his best games against the Detroit Lions. I think last year was his best game, right? Dan, didn't he throw for a ton, yeah, of, there, a ton of yards? Well, so. it was three hundred and something, and you know, he played well against the Cowboys too. Those two games. Right, but were his what best. were they doing? They were manning up, and yep. so now you can pick. You can run plays that allow your receivers to get open, Pop and it. it's an easy read. You throw it, and you know it's it's off to the races. It's when they throw all the different blitzes, the zone blitzes, the different kind of coverages that confuse Mitt. So I think the first game, Mitt, it's, it really doesn't matter because I think Detroit's going to be primarily man. Um, but I think after that, I think you're 100% right. Each week, you're going to have to roll him out. I mean, he's at his best when he runs and throws. And that's how, you, uh, that's that's my- how you're going to use him. That's his best opportunity. And you've got to, you know, you've got to almost tell him in his earpiece, throw it down the field. You know, you got Ted Jen Jr. Have him run a streak and chuck it down the field and see what happens. Nothing wrong with that. I mean, that's how you get a guy, a young guy or a, a quarterback that doesn't have a lot of confidence, confidence. Just for the record, Trubisky versus the Lions, 68 for 91, 866 yards, nine touchdowns, and one interception. That's his last three starts against Matt Patricia's yeah, Lions, but what, I should say. What, that, what, that, what does that mean, Detroit? What has Detroit won the last five, six, seven, eight, ten oh, years? Detroit's what, horrible. two games, right. three games a year? They've been getting killed. And Well, also, in addition to that, OB, the Lions do have a new defensive coordinator. I don't know how much they're going to change things here, but they've got a Corey Unlin who maybe looked at what they did against the Bears last year and said, you know what, maybe we shouldn't play man against Mitchell Trubisky. Well, well let, me, let me just say this. In the middle of August... It was the Lions minus one and a half. They, the Bears name Mitchell Trubisky starter. The line goes to <laughs> minus three. <laughs> I'm just saying, folks. I, I'm not making this anything. stuff up. I'm everybody just saying. Everybody knows every, anything Dan about football said, oh, no, this is going to be trouble. And it, it probably is true. I mean, look. The Lions have played man-to-man pretty much, and they they really didn't disguise a lot of their coverages. If they have a new coordinator and they disguise things, I'm telling you, they have a lot of talent in Detroit, and it's always tough to play up there. 
So this isn't a no-brainer as much as we all look at it and say, okay, this is a win for the Bears. I, I don't know. I mean, it's it's going to be a tight game, I believe, because well, I think they will give them new looks, and they'll give them different kinds of defenses. And, guys, I'm not sure that Mitch will be prepared for it and won't know what to do with it. Well, this team has improved, and I'll tell you three or four reasons on offense. Number one, well, on both sides of the ball, actually, you know, obviously – the the tight ends. This offense it was is tight end centric. We'll see it tonight. There's going to be a lot of catches by the Kansas City tight ends. Yep. Uh, getting command, you know, the second round pick and Jimmy Graham, who's you know, kind of had a resurgence, uh, especially from the reports we've been given that you know he, he he's playing a lot better than the last four or five years, especially what he was. You know, Were you hearing was, that from the Bears again? <laughs> yeah, really. But the other one is, think about this on defense. You know, we slipped last year on the defensive side. But Robert Quinn, and you, you brought his name up early, OB, but Robert Quinn is about six clicks better player than Leonard Floyd. He's a, he's a, he's a, he's a pass rusher and he's nasty. He can come after you. Now you get Akeem Hicks back and he's healthy for the first time in almost a year. Those, those, Three or four players. And then you throw Nick Foles in. And we'll, we'll see where Nick Foles, you know, is in the equation somewhere down the road. He's but, going to start, Dan. It's just when. Right, I mean, we yeah, all right. know that. Let's let's call it what it is. Well, He's his decision-making process. I lost a bit to Obi because Obi, you know, basically almost got run out of Palatine on it. But go on. You're right. <laughs> but, to, you know, quarterbacking. It helps if you're six six. It helps if you're you can run. It helps if uh, you know you got a nice smile. But the bottom line is you got to make good decisions. Decision making is what it's all about. Nick Foles has proven he's a good decision maker, especially in the heat of combat. And unfortunately, Mr. Trubisky has always struggled with that. So we'll find out where that all shakes out. All right, here. What they have to do defensively, they have to play the way they have basically the last two, three years, our defense, okay? What really has to change is our offense, and what number one thing that has to change is the philosophy, the understanding of how to attack downfield, okay? And if Mitch Trubisky's in the pocket or you bootleg or you sprint him out or whatever you do, if you put him back in that pocket for 60 minutes, we are not going to win that football game. You got to move them against Detroit, against any team, and you got to attack. The philosophy has to change. Defensively, we're there. Offensively, we're way behind, and your philosophy has to change. You got to attack. You got to go downfield. And when you say downfield, here, here's one of the things that I, I, I want to make sure everybody understands. We're not talking about you know throwing. A bomb after bomb. The Oakland Raiders did it, you know, way back when, and then they, you know, the, they a became the Ranger, uh, Raiders Kazi, ten, and the Las Vegas Raiders. Ten seconds, Kazi. We're up against the clock, and we'll talk well, to you next you gotta, week. Quickly, you got to throw it. It is the medium range passing that Ed's talking about downfield, ten to fifteen to twenty yards. Exactly. That's what he's saying you got to do that. We'll talk to you next week, Ozzy. Appreciate you. You got Love it, you guys. Cause. Have a great week, and it's great hearing both of your voices. 530. All three of you, actually, even Carmen. Thank you. Stay Cause. safe. Five, you five, got it. 530, check it new, 720 WGN. Should be the final play before the two-minute warning. Third and ten. Trubisky to the end zone, and it's going to be picked off. It's Adrian Amos who comes back to haunt his old team. I had to put that one in there today. 
I'm sorry, but do you remember opening night last year, September the 5th? It was a Thursday night we came in here. I, I had I was coming from Chicago and Franklin on the train and then walking through. It took me like an hour to get 10 minutes. It, the city was so excited for the Bears opener in Green Bay, Soldier Field, 12-4 and four season. We're going to win the Super Bowl. And then they went out and scored three points, and Trubisky was picked off, and, and that was disgusting. Anybody remember? Ham's nodding his head. Yes. No, it's just not, you know, it, it, it's incomprehensible how unprepared we were. And you know, it, it, again, it goes back to what Nagy's been saying. Well, you know, it's a shame we didn't prepare properly last year. Blah blah. Hey, times, you know, that's it, it's flying by. You've got to seize the moment. And unfortunately, we 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 sauntered into the whole season last year thinking people were going to fall down for us. Nobody did. Danny, you just said. The, the the thing, he is unprepared. That guy was not prepared to be a head coach. And why we hired him after, what was it? Uh, I forget who they played. They were winning 20 to nothing at halftime. It was uh, the, Titans. the Titans. Yeah, went Tennessee Titans, a team they could have beat any day of the week. And this guy goes, jumps into a hole, plays a scared-to-death offense, and they come back and beat him. And what do we do? We hire him. And what does he do? That's all we do. Game after game, year after year with this guy. And for him to make these statements that he's talking about, uh, yeah, you gotta have you gotta have tempo. You don't you don't see the speed, the defensive looks. And he said that's what you get in a real game. But he never would never come in and make this happen for the team. Because why? Because he didn't believe in it. But now he's going to say, oh, this is what you got to have in the real games. I tell you what, this guy can be so irritating, and he's our head coach, buddy. I've got a trivia question for you, OB, from last year. And I don't think that Hamp's going to be able to answer this one either. But can you name who led the Bears in rushing yards on opening night? It was 19 yards. He had five carries. I don't. Th- I don't think any Bears fan even remembers this. Cordell name. Patterson. Cordell Patterson had one carry for negative two yards. Mitchell Trubisky was three carries for 11 yards. David Montgomery had six carries for 18 yards. Dan Hampton, do you remember who led the Bears in rushing last last year on opening night? Who did he did not make it through the season? It was not Jordan Howard, by the way, who they let go. Jeez, right? I couldn't believe. I was looking at the stats today. I'm like, I don't even. I don't even remember Mike Davis being on the team. Mike Davis. Mike Davis. Mike Davis. That was that, from Seattle. Right from Seattle. That was the, That was what they were going to do. Mike Davis and and and, and David Montgomery. I, I'm wondering how if the Bears' running situation is going to go something like that this year. You've who's who's going to. It's going to be committee. It yeah. will until Montgomery is healthy. We just heard on the update here that he went through full contact or whatever practice. Hey Dan did and, and Mark. I, yeah, I mentioned. At the start of the show, we're roughly down 500 yards from the Jordan Howard uh, era. And we we draft Montgomery to come in. He's supposed to be the savior of the running back. And we do 500 yards less. That's a fact. How are we going to get the 500 back plus another 500 to, to be a better football team, to have a better running game? I just think it's very interesting that everyone's talking about the quarterback. And, of course, it's a quarterback league, and I get it. The quarterback matters the most, but if you if they don't run, in order for either of these two guys to be successful, they're going to have to run the ball credibly. 
a lot better than they did last year. They can't be at the bottom. And I don't know. I I don't don't t- Cordero Patterson's going to do it. No way. That doesn't make sense. He, as far as I'm concerned right now, the best running back that they have is Cordell Patterson. See, I and maybe it uh, is better than Montgomery, better than Tariqo, I'm, uh, our, yeah, our, our Mister Everything, who they haven't had him in the right position yet, which is a slot back. But I'll tell you what, I think Cordell Patterson, They've he got, would be the guy that I would concentrate. He's got speed, he's got size, and he hits like a hammer. I mean, they got a Ryan Nall. They've got an undrafted rookie, Artavius Pierce. I. I no, you know there was a guy. Leonard Fournette was just out there, by the way, and he just decided that he's. You know, that, why don't we, Why don't I go to Tampa Bay? Wouldn't that have made sense? Am I nuts? No, and yeah, again, the same reason Trubisky starting. It's a draft pick. This is a a number two draft pick. The last thing you want to do is pull the rug out from under him and then get you know kind of buried in the uh, minutia of another draft pick that's not able to contribute and. Hey guys, I, I mean, if I, I was just looking at some of the, uh, the you know, uh, the litany of, you know, the the draft picks. You know, we can go back to uh, oh my Kevin. I got, uh, I got them here if you want to do right it. right here, Dan. <laughs> we, yeah. we, we all have them. I, I made a list. Kevin White. Uh, just got released. In, in 15, Kevin White and Horonis Grisou was the number three. Uh, the next year, Leonard Floyd gone. Jonathan Bullard in number three. Um we should actually mention, since you brought up 2015, in the middle of White and Grisou was Eddie Goldman, who opted out. Yeah. How big of an impact do you think that is on the defense? Well, you know, uh, uh, Bilal Nichols has has grown up, and it, he's a lot better active uh, pass rusher than Eddie. Eddie Eddie had value. He was a big guy, had a lot of, of uh, bounce back in him where, you know, you couldn't really move him, but... You got to be able to rush the passer today, and you got to be able to get some penetration. And he couldn't do it. And, and Roy Robertson Harris has a, a big upside. He's a he's a monster. The guy. And he, he's gotten he has gotten to the point where he could be a very important cog in the wheel this year. I'm going to tell you on the offensive side and the defensive side of the ball, there's one player that I believe, folks, that they really going to miss. Sorry, going to miss this guy, Nick Kwiatkowski. Ah, oh, you said his name right. That was not even fun. You this said- kid is a football player, a linebacker. You could put him at an end position. He, he can do it all. He just got named to be a captain with the Raiders. Ob, we could talk about him coming back here. Let's. How, yeah, how about he's named captain of the Raiders, Las Vegas Raiders. Yeah. How about that? And we give him up for what reason? Well, they love Roquan. Four, five, like four, we don't need help at linebacker. Five forty-six. Check of the roads. Here is Mary. Three one two nine eight one. 7,200. OB, apparently uh, somebody who is Joe Sullivan's son, originally from Morton Grove, he's got an OB jacket uh, that he's that uh, from his father that, who passed away that he's very proud of and he's loving listening to you today. So you should know that, my friend. Oh, that's super. I remember he was a great guy. There you go. So, all right. Let's, uh, hey, and speaking of Nick Kwiatkowski, before we get to the calls here, 312 981 7,200. Uh, that guy Aaron Rodgers up in Green Bay, who's going to end up in the Hall of Fame, won a Super Bowl on on Kwiatkowski. Well, forty four, I always thought was a really solid player, and he said I don't want to butcher his last name, which we would never do on the show. But he rocked me a couple of years ago. I know where forty four is at most of the time when he's in the game. I have a lot of respect for him. Okay, let me say this again. When I said a few minutes ago, 
on the offensive side, defensive side of the ball, the player they're going to miss the most is that kid, Nick Kwiatkowski. He is a football player and a half. And what do we do? We get rid of him. And especially at a key position where he can do a lot of damage. Linebacker. You think Roquan's going to have a big year, Ham? Can't count on him. That, that's a lot of it, right? Right yeah. there, uh, you know, between uh, you know the space out and the injury, and and you know, uh, linebacker missing in action. Yeah, nobody knows where he's at. Yeah, they, he's hurt. They paid Danny Trevathan a bunch too. I like Trevathan, but yeah. he's but he's, but he's, he's yeah, getting a little but, long in the tooth. But but at the end of the day, if Mister Pace is so worried about protecting his draft picks, what's wrong with the number four? Kwiatkowski was a four. You know, he was he was voted captain. For the uh, Los Angeles Ra- uh, the Las Vegas Raiders now. Yeah, right. Uh, come on, that tells you an awful lot about the kids' value. And he to a hasn't team. even been there a year, and they vote him captain. Yeah. Patrick in Wheaton. All right, Nick Witkowski. We'll be watching you this year, playing out in the desert. What's up, Patrick? Welcome to WGN. <laughs> Gentlemen, how are we doing? Uh, getting ready for uh, an interesting season ahead. But I just wanted to make a really fast point. Uh, the fact that uh, a bag of hammers could have a better evaluation process than Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy. Uh, Mitchell Trubisky, over the course of three college seasons at North Carolina, threw for 41 touchdowns. His replacement, Sam Howell, six foot one, two hundred and twenty-five pounds. He's thrown for 38 touchdowns as a true freshman. This just shows that. Ryan Pace cannot evaluate any talent. And the fact that they're giving this kid another opportunity to step out onto the field is absolute blasphemy. What, what has he shown you over the past couple of seasons that says, yeah, we got to give him another shot. You traded for, for Foles in this humongous contract. Put him out there. And let's see what can happen. All right, Patrick. Appreciate the phone call. 312-981-7200. I thought it was interesting what Pace said about uh, Trubisky. He said the minute he walked into the facility, it, there was a presence about him that we just knew that it was a totally different guy. Did he get out of the beat-up Toyota? <laughs> you know, remember how the uh, the Huck Finn story, uh, yes. you know, how he came to dinner in a, in a little crummy car. and Made a reservation it, under Jim McMahon, James well, McMahon. They loved all of it. Guys, they just fell a, in love. Just a quick couple of things. When he was in, in college, I'm talking uh, Trubisky, okay? He played backup to Marquise Williams, who was the starting quarterback for two years. He couldn't beat him out. Not only that, Marquise Williams was not even drafted in the NFL. Then the next year he started, one year, they went 8-5. and five. He lost the last game of the season, played in the Sun Bowl, and lost the Sun Bowl. Two phenomenal players who are playing tonight at quarterback, Tops in the in the National Football League, and this guy, this general manager we have, gives up half of planet Earth to move up and take this kid, who lost the last two games and couldn't beat out a quarterback who didn't even get drafted in the NFL. Good job, Pace. But what's your point? Yeah, <laughs> what's my point? <laughs> you know what? Uh, we've we've talked the quarterback. Adam Hoke's coming up at six thirty. But one thing we haven't mentioned that I just want to get in here. Uh, Eddie Pinero, you know, he that was a huge – this year, last year at this time, that's all we were talking about. Did they actually get the right kicker? And he had a decent year, but now he's hurt, and they're going with Cairo Santos, who Matt Nagy knows from Kansas City. Uh, but I, you can't feel comfortable with who's kicking the ball, and you would imagine that the Bears are going to be in close games. I think this is going to be a story here, perhaps even as early as week one, even though you're playing in a dome. Well, it very well could be, Mark. Very, I mean, I hope not. Listen, what it comes down to, 
is if you're waiting to the last second for your guy to kick a field goal to tie it or to win a game, it should never come down to that. Not in this league, not at this time. The way the rules are and the way the ball's flying down the field, it never should come down to that last second field goal. That was one of your best moments on the show of the last however many years we've been doing this now, Obi. When they lost to the Eagles, everybody was screaming about Parkey, and all you were screaming about was they scored one touchdown. That's right. We scored one touchdown, and it never should have happened. Never should have been that way, especially a team that we could beat any day of the week. And they come in here and take us out. The, you know that's like going on a date, game. and you're not, and you don't have uh, clean underwear. You know, there's a lot of other things to be worried about before you get to that. <laughs> that was an excellent way of putting it. Have I? I'm just thinking back to the Eagles game too, and like they, when they finally let Trubisky to another one of Ob's mantras go down the field, he actually did it that game in the fourth quarter. They were so scared the whole game; they were trying to play so tight to try to eke out a victory. And, and they, Javon Wims made a couple of big catches. Yeah. I, I remember like it was yesterday. But hey, make no mistake, your point, you know, about the offense and blah blah blah. Remember our defense. Our defense supposed to be the greatest thing since sliced bread. Nick Foles goes thirteen play, twelve plays, sixty-five yards, and goes for two and gets it against our defense in the fourth quarter. Yeah, that was not great either. Yeah, that. so a, a lot of uh, a lot of blame to pass around. Well, on that there are one. a few people missing in our defense last year. Let's hope it's not the case this year. Well, and on that injury report today, as we're going to get you checking news in two and a half minutes here. But Robert Quinn, the big signing. Uh, out of Dallas, eleven and a half sacks last year is uh, did not participate yesterday. Did not participate today. He was missing a bunch of time earlier in the year for a personal issue. Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy saying this is a separate thing with the ankle. Cleo Mack is questionable. That too. Uh, Cleo Mack is at limited participation today with with a knee injury. All right, check the news coming up here. One more hour to go. Hamp and Ob with you. How, how, how can guys get hurt when they're having practices that are mostly peaceful? They're very talented. Seven. 20 WGN. Every year we have championship expectations, and this is no different. You know, I think it's exciting this week because it's starting. Um, I think what's unique is, you know, the circumstances of this season. But I think when you look, I feel our players and our staff, I really feel like we can excel in this environment because of the people that we have, the continuity that we have. So our expectations are, 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 are championship ex- expectations, and they are every year. Bears general manager Ryan Pace, Hampton OB on 720 WGN till 7 o'clock, 312-981-7200. We'll be on next Thursday, same time, 4 until 7. We will not be on after the game on Sunday uh, versus Detroit, so hopefully the Bears will be having a win and we'll all be sitting at home enjoying that. So we'll see you uh, next Thursday, and then uh, after that, uh, eventually, we're going to be on a lot of Tuesday nights during the season. Yeah, so OB and I'll be, have, be able to have cocktails at home instead of here. Right. Yeah, that's a, that's a, the beautiful <laughs> thing. We got the what is it? What do you what do you drink that the the Brexit? What's the wine that you like? That you don't, don't let me go into his birthday. We'll talk about <laughs> oh, that some other day. That would be Cristal. Cristal. There we go. My, my. Hey, uh, 312-981-7200. We got a $50 gift card to Bartolini's Restaurant and Catering, family-owned and operated, serving the best Italian cuisine in Chicagoland, plus their world-famous meatballs. They're located at 144th and Pulaski in Midlothian, open seven days a week for dine-in, patio seating, 
and uh, to-go orders uh, details. Bartolini's.com, 312-981-7200. We'll take the fifth caller for a Bartolini's. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm bringing Ziploc baggies just to load that stuff up to bring home. So... Yeah, we got some food to take home. It was interesting what Ryan Pace was just saying about this season that the Bears are set up to do well in the middle of a pandemic. And I was we were talking during the break, like, do you think it would matter to you guys running out on Soldier Field or Wrigley Field and not have any fans in the stands? Would that impact you at all? Or even during the game, when you're on D, third and nine, crowd comes to your feet, they're not there this year, would that impact you? Would it, No, it would not impact me for a very simple reason. <laughs> when when you can play at this level in the NFL and <clears throat> and how fast and quick and strong and big people are, that's the last thing I'm going to be worrying about. If somebody's in the stands cheering me on, oh, come on, you can do it, you can do it. That would never enter my mind. Why? Because you can be taken out. You can actually die on that field, and you could be taken out in your career. So, no. That's the reasons why I, I, it wouldn't matter to me if they're there, all well and good. If they're not, because if you're not paying attention, you're going down, buddy. When was it they were saying, 87, you suck. Did that motivate you, OB? Uh, give me a break, <laughs> will you? <laughs> I mean, that never happened at home, obviously. <laughs> Let me just say this, I, and I'm not trying to be, you know, I'm not denigrating the modern player, but I think the modern players, they play to the crowd a lot. Let's be real. Sure. You know, come on, all the end zone celebration, all that nonsense. End zone, first so, down. Yeah, I, well, I'm just saying, you know, the everybody getting the team picture, That I'm just saying – I think it'll affect these kids a lot more than what it would us. We're, That's you know, another another generation. And Dan, I'm going to tell you something, I, and I agree with what you just said. But they better block it out, buddy, because sometimes things are what they are, and there's going to be no people. You better get it in your mindset and concentrate on what the hell's going on. Fifty three yards wide and a hundred yards long. The, the the good thing that you know we could we could say for these players is. Back in the day, if there was no fans in the stand and Dick was the coach, everybody would hear him from the side. You, oh, you, oh, it would, you know, you could hear him over eighty thousand people, but oh, it would, it would be worth the price of admission just to have a recorder around him. What do you do that at, at the defensive side? Yeah, do it in practice. Oh, everybody. Really? I'll never forget one time we're playing in Tampa Bay and they were pretty good. This like eighty, eighty one. No, no, no. Years later, anyway, the guy I, I was, you know, I was throwing it. I was doing an arm under, and that offensive tackle was grabbing my face mask and just falling to the ground, pulling me down. And after he did it the second time, I look up and the officials watching it, but he's not throwing a flag, right? Okay. So I get up and I start him blanking the, the official. Well, he, you know, throws a personal. Foul penalty on me for cussing him. Right. So anyway, I'm coming off the field and Dickhead runs up. Give me his helmet. He's done. He's done. He's done. You know, because I was mad. Yeah. And anyway, I sit on the bench. They throw a couple of passes. Now they're down in the red zone. He's going, get Hampton's back in there. <laughs> <laughs> Where's Hampton? <laughs> That's, Obi, did you tell me last year I was asking you, if we were talking about Dickhead, you called him the greatest bear of all time. Did you say that to me? I feel like you might have. Or oh, no. something. You were giving some compliment to, to well, 89. Well, as far as tight ends go, yeah, he. There's no question. The, uh, the second tight end would have to be Dr. Bill McCall. 
I, I mean it like I guess in a in a whole like the history of the franchise like what he's given on the field. Well, that's like field. saying the best lead guitar player in a bluegrass band. No, I mean you know yeah, there no, was no but, other tight end in the history right. here, right? None. Well, no, we Name one. Dr. Bill McCall. He was he would I think it was about six five six 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 seven. He was a pretty good tight end. Capozo, uh, Emery Moorhead. Well, I mean, and, and, and all, all quality guys. I'm just saying, Dick. Doesn't matter. Yeah, you ask me the question, I'm giving you an answer. Yeah, yeah. And 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 what also Mike brought along was his attitude, you know. And it was all about winning. And you play hurt, you play whatever, but you get out there and you make it happen. And that you could never take away. From He's him. a twofer. Yeah. Championship player, championship coach. Who, who, who's got that? It's a nice resume right there. Six fifteen. Let's get tra- check of traffic. Here's Mary. Man, Nagy said yesterday made a point of saying you're in a good place. I'm wondering how good a place are you in, and how important is that to you at this stage of your career? Are you in a better place than you've been in your first two years? And just how good do you feel where you're at right now? I definitely feel like I'm in a, a great place right now. Uh, training very hard, and I just feel like uh, I have a lot that I have to live up to myself, that are my personal goals and then team goals and things of that nature. So I'm definitely just trying to make this year my best uh, year possible, better than uh, any of the other years I have, and just uh, maximizing myself. Hampton OB, 720 WGN till 7, trying to be in a good place right here. Hampton, are you in a good place? I'm in a great place. That's what I'm talking about. Right here at the edge of the studio, overlooking the river, knowing I got Bartolini's waiting outside. That's, that's good place to be. That's a good place to be, indeed. That's our post game uh, today. By the way, Hampton OB brought to you by Chevy Drives Chicago.com. That's Dan Hampton's truck, the Chevy Silverado Drive. What Hamp drives a Chevy? Yeah, good, good ride in today. It's sweet. It's, I mean, it's just, it's awesome. There's nothing like it. We were telling some stories here in the break, uh, but before we can do that... By the way, we yeah. had band practice last night, okay? Because okay? we're playing in Orland Park, uh, 6 o'clock, um, uh, at the Summer Sound Series. Uh, the Chicago Six, Otis, Mongo, and, and our wonderful band. Anyway, I've got a 09 Avalanche, Chevy Avalanche. Okay. It's, it's kind of like the cousin of the, the Silverado. Okay. It's an 09 What's that 12-year-old car now? That's, that's, yeah, yeah. Anyway, everybody in the band goes, wow, you got a new truck. And I go, it's, it's, it's 12 years old. I mean, there's nothing like having a Chevy truck. When is the uh, next performance? Can people it, come out and see it? Yeah, yeah. It's free. Uh, 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 Pico, uh the mayor of Orland Park, uh, has kind of uh, went in his own direction during the COVID and all this craziness. Yeah, and he said, hey, that. we're going to have some fun. And we'll be playing, and I think 16 Candles, another uh, band. Uh, I've heard great things about them. Um, it's been a long time since I've had 16 Candles, you know, on my cake. <laughs> so, but anyway, uh, we're going to have some fun. But, uh, but look, let's all be real. Uh, the good place will be at noon Sunday for kickoff, and then we can hear all this psycho babble about being in good places and coaches figuring out, hey, there's a difference between practice and game tempo, and we'll find out how all this shakes out come twelve oh one Sunday. Three one two nine eight one seventy two hundred. Uh, Bob, welcome to WGN Hamp and OB. You got a playoff prediction here, Bob? Go ahead. Bobo, hello. I was just saying, if the if the Bears don't make the playoffs, uh-huh. don't you think Pace and Nagy have to go? I think they will. Yeah, sure. I, yeah, and, and thanks, but, Bob. But, but you know what? 
if we've got like the number one rated defense and then a couple of guys get hurt in the playoffs, you know, it's it, everything's up in the air. But let me just tell you this. And I'm just I, I'm just saying how it is. I I'm not scared of the Packers. You know, come on. I know they they beat us twice last year, but I'm not scared of them. I think we have a chance to match up really well with everyone in our division. And the rest of the league. I mean, Cowboys, they seem to me to be pretty loaded. You got to like the 49ers, the Saints. Now Tampa Bay has uh, come up with the Golden Goose. Uh, we'll see if that pays off. I'm just saying, there's three or four teams that everybody's saying, saying oh, yeah, th- these are their teams. But guess what? There's an extra playoff spot this year. And if I'm the Bears, first things first, let's win the division. Now, if you can't, then you say, we got to make the playoffs. But if they don't make the playoffs and this thing goes south, yeah, it's Nagy's the end of his third year. And Ryan Pace, what has he been here, five years? This would be number six. And I, I, we already went through the list of the uh, of infamy of his first-round draft picks, second-round picks, like Shaheen. I mean, yeah, you, you gotta you gotta put the cheese on the cracker sooner or later. This is his sixth. He's had six drafts, Ryan Pace. So uh, it would be draft number seven. He signed through. So six drafts, sixth year. Yeah. This will be his sixth year. Yeah, and and, I, and Ob is counting, you know, the drafts on his uh, on his he, left hand. He, for the record, I don't think unless they have the worst season ever, I don't think either of them are going anywhere. I mean, manag has got this is year three; he's on a five year deal. I'd be, I would be personally surprised. There's a lot of love still out. Lovey Smith won ten games and he got the I road. Know, I know. I'm just saying, sooner or later, you know, this is not. We're, we're not in Indianapolis and we're not in Cincinnati. This is Chicago Bears. John Fox made we it for have, four years. We have been worse than five hundred six out of the last seven years. How long can you expect the fans to to line up and still support this team? You got to give them some red meat. Let me tell you, they don't get to the playoffs. This whole crew is gone. And I'm going to make another thing, and and I don't want that to happen. But if it does, you got to clear this house. You got to get them out. Now go so far as to say, Ryan Pace. Mark my words, he will never be a general manager of an NFL team. And Nagy will never be an offensive, um, excuse me, will never be a head coach on another team. Even Those that, are my two predictions. I, think I said it last year, and I'm telling you again this year. I think you said that after game one of the Matt Nagy era. We were just gotten rid of John Fox, <laughs> and we have the first game, and you're like, this guy's terrible. I'm like, oh, hold on. Well, we, you know, listen, it, you, it takes you got, a, it'll be a while to make up his mind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was literally. because we. Well, had, look, at, look at Pace's draft choices, guys. Yeah, we just went through him. Yeah, it's I mean, I mean, come on. Yeah, you. By the way, he's won thirty-four games and they've lost forty-six. But I always express amazement at Matt Nagy's ability to make the same unforced errors in games, day, game after game after game. Oh, oh. The guy's a beauty. Oh. Adam Hogue's coming up at six thirty. You guys have to tell the story that you just told when we were in here of 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 a. <laughs> Of a moment in 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 preseason no, football. No, 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 you know what? Neither if they're six them? and zero, if they're six and zero, I don't care what he says. I'll tell it. Mark it Be- down before the end of this year. You got to tell that story. If they, how about this? If no. And oh, what about no? Don't you understand? I, I'll, both letters right now. It's so good. Okay, fine. I'll 
It's your story. It's your right to tell. Both it, of so. those stories are just the, off the charts. What, we, what, what about? Hey, have you ever gone parasailing without a parasail? <laughs> <laughs> All right, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, 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 okay, fine. I, I feel privileged. Can I, can I tell like it's one no, more? No, 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 but okay, no. fine. No, okay. Will you go move on? All right, moving on. All right, that was that was that was to to be incredibly talented. Like you, you all were, and just to have as much fun as you did is is something that you should be very proud of in your life. So none of us, or most of us. Well, before we got good, we made a habit of of when we didn't uh, block anybody, we would go ahead and not tackle anybody either. So well, we weren't. We, I'll tell you, we were just not any good. When when we won that the world championship, we played the Giants, and we beat them, and that was I still remember that day very vividly. Driving down from my the house in Hillside, <clears throat> going down the Eisenhower Expressway, Outer Drive, get off, and get there. I got there about three, three and a half hours before the game. And I tell you what, I played 11 years. And I was never, and it took years, you know, thinking back and whatever have you, but I was never so proud to play with those guys that I played with that gave everything they had, every play on both sides of the ball. On both sides, and and they they say there's a, a fine line between winning and losing. That's a lie. That's a lie. There's a huge line, a difference in coaches, ownership, and players and philosophies. But to win a world championship, last time I checked, isn't that why you play the game, Dan? You want to be the best. And I played with some great guys: Bill George, my God, Mike Ditka. Bill Wade, Bob Wataska, Fred Fred Williams. And and it was an honor to play with those guys, and it was an honor to bring the world championship back home to Chicago. And that's what should be on these kids' mind come this coming Sunday in Detroit. Bring it back. Bring it back here. From the first day of training camp, I couldn't wait for the first game. To watch our offense get down on the red zone and then throw the speed screen three or four times. <laughs> oh my God! And I know I, I, I you know, I'm, I'm not trying to, you know, minimize uh, minimize the uh, the thing about winning, but I love what you say about it. It's not a fine a, a fine line. It's a huge line. Oh please! It's a huge line, and you know what? We did it gladly. We did it gladly. And we paid a price. And, again, that's one of the things. And people that like our show and, and understand some of the basic fundamentals about the game of football, you got to earn it. It ain't just awarded. You got to earn it. One of my favorite games, that, and obviously I, I'm too young to have seen OB, but the in the Hamp era, in 1984, when you guys went in and beat the Redskins in the playoffs, that was a statement. Yeah, that's, that's a good one. That's when that's when you knew that okay, this is a this is a different animal right yeah, now. They were defending Super Bowl champs, Theisman and that crew, you know, the Hogs and yeah. Riggins and It was all a big deal. Hey, they had the ball five times in the fourth quarter on our side of the fifty and get, got zero points. Yeah, we're we're playing pretty Todd, hard. Todd I, Bell on Joe Washington. I, just again, quickly here. I tell you what, it, it just got me thinking about it again. And the quality of those guys and and what they did in practice from day to day, 
And when we we started winning, I mean, it was everybody sacrificed for whatever the hell it was that was out of out of range, out of how you conducted yourself. That was all set aside. It was all concentrating. And boy, when you can when that that was put together, we could, we we just took care of business and so proud, so proud to have played with those guys. Get checking news six thirty seven twenty WGN. Um, just the schemes that they play. You know, I feel like we take full advantage of um, the defenses that they that they come with. So um, I feel like we'll be prepared this week as well. Um, we don't think they're going to change their defense too much. But um, <clears throat> in any situation, I feel like we'll adjust well uh, either way. There's wide receiver Anthony Miller's theorizing that the Lions will not change their defensive scheme much against the Bears, even though they have a new defensive coordinator. And Mitchell Trubisky looks like Brett Favre against the Lions. Hampton will be till the top of the hour. Adam Hogue, our Bears reporter, also NBC Sports Chicago. Hoagie, welcome to your first Hampton will be of 2020. Hey, guys. I'm glad we're here. It's uh, outstanding to be talking to you again. I wasn't always sure that we would get to this point uh but there's a real football game being played tonight it's it's actually happening yeah and think about this uh when you're watching it and those quarterbacks playing woulda coulda shoulda but and let me ask you how is your assessment of our prize pony in um in the quarterback position that you went and watched many times during practice thus far this year yeah guys I, i mean i'm still skeptical you know, obviously for good reason. Uh, I, I like what I'm hearing, but the reality is I, I would feel a lot better about the supposed changes that Trubisky has made if I could have seen it at least in a preseason game. And even then, that would have been, you know, you, you couldn't put too much stock in it because it's the preseason. I mean, we once saw, you guys remember Mitch's first ever game against the Denver Broncos when he was a rookie in that first preseason game? I mean, he lit him up. He looked like Patrick Mahomes out there. And obviously, you know, that doesn't really matter anymore. Um, I do like the fact that there were times where I saw him look more comfortable in the pocket, better footwork. He did look more accurate to me. But I said this going into these practices. It's not a live pass rush. I need to see what this kid can do. Did he really make these improvements when there's a legitimate NFL pass rusher coming after him and trying to move him off the spot. Now, the good news for this weekend is Pat, Matt Patricia doesn't really feel like blitzing ever. He never really wants to make Mitchell that uncomfortable, which is a big reason why Trubisky's had so much success against the Lions. Well, you know... Uh, Obi looks in pain right now, Adam, just well, so you know. I, I, <laughs> you know, I, I just... The thing that, that I want to see him do... And listen, we, we, we know what Trubisky can and what he can't do, all right? Now, when the season ended, I I remember Nagy saying he's going to work with Mitch all off season on one of his two problems, which is recognizing or understanding defenses. And he said he was going to work with him this whole entire off season. Well, we'll find out this come this Sunday – whether he can recognize, whether he can audible or get the right play in. And the other thing, 
we have to worry about, obviously, again, is his number one problem, accuracy. So those two things have to improve for us to be a formidable foe in the North Division because we got a couple of pretty good teams in there. And we're not playing at home. We're playing up in Detroit. And what I want to see from the get-go is this offense opened up, and I want to see that kid with accuracy, and I want to see him move out of that pocket and make things happen, move the ball down the field. And that's if I see that, then I'm going to have a big smile on my face and say, hey, somebody's finally come to their senses around here and tried to figure out that you have to take what the rules give you and move the damn football down the field. So let's see if his accuracy is corrected and his ability to read defenses. In other words, what do I mean by that? To find the secondary, the third receiver, the fourth, who's your outlet man, who's your man over the middle. This all has to come to him like in an instant second after his first main read. Let's see if he can do it. And if he can, kudos more for the Bears. Better way to go. Adam Hogue, why don't you respond to what Obi was getting at there? Maybe, maybe, is there something that you could possibly give a, a reason for optimism and a reason for perhaps uh, the other side with the Bears offense? Yeah, let me give you a, a reason for optimism with the offense. Uh, it's kind of it's related to Mitch, but not really directly related to Mitch. I mean, the biggest thing to me that I've seen so far, and it was really only 10 legitimate practices, but I can say with pretty much complete certainty that the Bears have three tight ends that are better than anything they had on their roster last year. Jimmy Graham, Cole Komet, and even Demetrius Harris, who I guess I didn't realize how good of a pass catcher he really is. He doesn't get a whole lot of targets, but he actually has good hands, and I think he'll be effective in the red zone uh, in some tight places. So, look, the tight end is a spot that's very important in Matt Nagy's offense. It creates mismatches for other players like Tariq Cohen when people say, where did Tariq Cohen go last year? Well, if you go back and watch their playoff game against the Eagles two years ago, when Trey Burton got hurt, Malcolm Jenkins locked in on Tariq Cohen and took him out of the game. That trend continued all of 2019. So with more tight ends, better tight ends, that also unlocks Tariq Cohen as a pass catcher. Now that kind of sort of leads into my reason for pessimism, though. I'm still not completely sold that the Bears are really going to run the football a lot more. Um I think they, at the tight ends, they'll probably have more two tight end sets. Maybe that'll lead to some more success. But I, I don't know. I still think it's Matt Nagy's tendency to want to throw the ball. And did they really upgrade on the offensive line? I know a lot of people like Juan Castillo as an offensive line coach. But otherwise, they just pretty much brought in Jermaine Effetti, who is a decent run blocker, but was pretty poor in uh, pass protection as a, as a tackle. At least he's inside at guard now. Okay, so I like a lot of what you uh, had to say about the assessments, but let's go back to Trubisky, and now we have a new offensive line coach, one that probably has been able to get it across that, remember when Cody Whitehair had to go back to center last year and James Daniel had to go to guard, what was the reason? What was it? It was Trubisky could not identify the strength and the the uh, the the threat of a defense, and so Cody Whitehair had to go back to center to take that off of Mitch's plate. Now Ob was to, so Ob was telling me that Matt Nagy said, "Hey, my, my sole purpose this offseason is to work with Mitch and teach him how to read defenses." I wonder if he worried about 
getting him to, you know, the, a good place where he could identify, you know, the strength of a defense and where, you know, uh, strong and weak side would be. Not only that, uh, did you see any uh, proof in the pudding during the uh, the training camp that something as simple as that has been uh, corrected? Well, it's a good point because a lot of it is definitely in the moment of, okay, the ball's been snapped. I got to go one, two, three through my read. But also a lot of it is pre-snap. And, and, and the thing that people need to understand about Matt Nagy's offense is that within one play, there's usually a man beater and a zone beater. And it's up to the quarterback a lot of times to understand before the snap even what's he's what he's looking at. And that determines what his first read is supposed to be. Now, I don't know this. We'll see. Maybe they've simplified some of that for Mitch if he couldn't really figure all that out. Um, I do think having Cody White here at center from the start does help, uh, even if that's sort of a knock on the quarterback that he needs that. But I, I don't – again, it kind of goes back to – I hate saying this, but I don't know. I, I really need to see some game action. I need to see a live pass rush. And you know what? You can even argue that you need to see an opponent other than the Detroit Lions. It's sort of a lose-lose for Mitch this week. If he goes out and lights up back Patricia's defense again, well, that's the team he usually does that again. So I do think we'll really get to see – a quarter of the season at least to really get an understanding for how much better he's gotten. And um, to answer your question, Hamp, no, in 10 practices where we had a pretty awful view from the corner uh, of the sideline and no access to tape whatsoever, it, it, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm taking the leap that the Bears uh, are saying he's improved and we're just going to have to wait to the games to see if there's any truth to it. Hey, let me ask you this question, and it's kind of a mental aspect of the game. The offense, they get in the huddle, it's practicing, they're going 7-on-7, seven seven, or 11-against-11, uh, uh, 11 but obviously no hitting or tag. Did you see the offense huddle, get in the huddle, snap it, get out? Did you see if the cornerbacks came up, played tight? Were the, were the, did you see where the wide receivers were, what they really could be doing is trying to get separation because that's one of the key things. Most important is timing. Second most important, can that receiver get separation? Did you see any of that? I mean, were, or were they going half motion, three quarters, or were they really going at each other when the time slot was action, action time to go and practice? Yeah, it's a great question, Obi. And actually, I will say on that one, uh, I did see that. I, I, I think there's been a huge emphasis on tempo in and out of the huddle and then carrying that into the play. There you go. Um, and, and I saw a lot less of like, oh, Anthony Miller's lined up in the wrong spot, needs to be moved from the left to the right side or something like that. It, it, the operation did look cleaner, uh, whether we're talking about seven-on-sevens or even team drills. Uh, but again, I mean – the defense isn't live. Um, you're facing the same defense every single day. I mean, these are conversations we have every single year in camp. Uh, but with the lack of preseason games, to see it really executed in a game situation, because even these scrimmages that they held, guys, were scripted from start to finish. And I actually thought that sort of did a disservice to really evaluate it. Because quarterback, it's all about rhythm and flow and getting into some type of a rhythm. So I'm as anxious as anyone to see what this looks like in Detroit on Sunday. All right, so uh, we've heard how uh, Patricia refuses 
to pressure uh, Trubisky. Trubisky has great games. The Bears have won four in a row. Why are they three-point favorites? <laughs> I, I, uh, I'm confused by this. I think, I, I think the line is actually reflecting the uh, sort of the Trubisky uh, you know, the, of it. Well, yes. Uh, there's there's look, actually yes, because the, the lines are based on public perception a lot. And there's two things that have happened this offseason. Uh, Trubisky, you know, as poor as he's been, is I, I don't think he's horrendously awful. And that's sort of what the national narrative has uh, developed in that he just can't play at all. Okay? So if that's what's going to be, then the Bears are going to get docked a little bit for that. And then meanwhile, the Lions, have some, for some reason, uh, become the trendy pick in the NFC North. And the game's in Detroit. The crowd factor really shouldn't matter since it's not going to be fans. But I think that's why Detroit's favored. Um, and even though I'm kind of skeptical about the game, I'm picking the Bears to win a very close one. But if you look at the recent trend in the matchup here, it's actually a good one for the quarterback. And so I, that's why I tend to lean the Bears this week. Adam, we're up against the clock here. Uh, looking forward to being with you all season long. How many wins before you go? All right, call me an optimist, but I, I have him at 10-6 and six and getting in with that new seventh wild card spot, just squeaking into the playoffs. And you have him winning a game in the playoffs there, pal. You got him upsetting the Seahawks, so that was bold. That's my pick, too. 10-6. and six. We'll see what happens. I, I read my I Adam. love it. I read my Adam. Adam, we'll talk to you next Thursday, all right? Thanks, pal. All right. Thanks, Bye, Adam. Guys. All right. Hey, uh, before we get on out here, thanks again to Bartolini's Restaurant and Catering, family-owned and operated, offering the best Italian cuisine in Chicagoland. The meatballs have been featured on the Travel Channel, the Food Network, even German television. Hamp's about to go crush some right now. Obey, give me your meatballs. <laughs> what? Just exactly where would you like them? Ten and six. You're both. How many wins for you, Ob? Did you make a prediction? I'm just. I'm. 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 I'm going to go. Try to be a little optimistic here. Let's start out in Detroit, and again, those first six games, not those teams are never in the playoffs last year. I'll tell you what, they can win them. All right, there we go. Uh, that was. A, it's an attitude thing. It's an attitude. Your attitude oh, controls your altitude. I got it. Curtis Coke, thanks for producing the program today. Great job. Dane Neal coming up next. Uh, Hampton will be saying goodbye. Good luck to the Bears on Sunday, 720 WGN.